Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, Springheeled Jack. And as always, it is a pleasure to see you returning listeners continue to return to listen, and also to see new listeners tuning in for the first time to check out the show. To all you consistent listeners, I would like to thank you for making the last few episodes some of the most successful of my unpaid podcaster career. It means a lot. I was kind of nervous about a couple of those, and uh, mainly the Hitler one, but thank you for making that one of the most successful ones ever. I genuinely appreciate it. And at this time, I am unable to check my fancy corporate email because I was reported to the Anti-Defamation League as a racist. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, I'm sure I've seen... I've gotten Instagram messages. I have yet to log into Instagram to check them, but I appreciate you guys taking the time to message me. Since I can't check my emails, in the event that I didn't respond to any emails that were sent to me, I'm sorry, I'm not ignoring you. I just cannot access my shit because I'm pending investigation with Google. But if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can do so by going on Instagram.com slash DukeLandis17. That's Instagram.com slash D-U-K-E-L-A-N-D-I-S-1-7. And a few more things real quick. Uh, this show could offend you. If you don't want to grow a dick, then turn the show off now because it'll it'll upset you. Today's episode, especially revisiting an old topic. And also during different points of this show, I play fake ads for fake companies that don't exist to break up the sound of my voice. I didn't make them. I don't own the rights to these fake commercials. They're comedy from a company called Rockstar Games. Specifically, Grand Theft Auto. And I don't own any of the rights to them. I just think they're amusing, as do most of my listeners. With that being said, that's all for warnings and updates. We're going to listen to one of them fake ads, get the show started, good and proper. The Life Invader Tablet. It's time to dock. The future is now. Life Invader, the social networking site, announces its now. new tablet. It's not technology. It's your life. Technology. Live it the way you want. With a device that tells you what to do. It's time to dock. The Life Invader Tablet. We've skipped a generation, so you don't have to. Live tomorrow. You will be connected to humanity. You will be docked. Invasion never felt so good. The Life Invader Tablet. Speaking of Life Invaders, let's talk about religion. Eh, let me back up. I don't know how many of you guys are under forced quarantine. Now, I'm not necessarily under forced quarantine per se, because I'm technically an essential worker. But that just means when I get off of work, I can't go anywhere or do anything, because everything's closed, and people are hiding in their houses. So, like most of America, I've been bored as shit trying to figure out what to do with my time and started with building AR-15s and then it went slowly digressed to leatherworking, tattooing myself, so on and so forth. But uh, I'm recently on the building guitar kick because I know I'm not the only one among my musician friends that's on that kick. And so I started going through this box of old guitar shit that I had from when I was like a senior in high school. And, uh, in there under under a bunch of old destroyed yard sale guitars, I believe I struck solid gold. I know a lot of you remember the Catholic Sex Guilt episodes because those are, I believe, the highest listened to podcast in the history of the show because they're funny and it has sex in the title, I feel. But I found one of the books that they gave me when I was a senior, so you know it's going to be better because it's more graphic, titled Pure Love. And I found it at the bottom 
of this fucking box of guitars. And of course, I'm going to share it with you. So as of right now, backed by popular demand, we have Catholic Sex Guilt Part 3. And I'm going to start just diving into the book. because, Like I said, this is scary just by itself. If you're like me, you've been told that sex is bad. But when you ask yourself why, you hear something like, it's just bad, so don't do it, or you'll get a disease, or get pregnant, or die. While I'm sure you realize that sex does indeed have its consequences, and they might be bad if they happen, these reasons aren't always convincing. Our generation has been taught how to avoid venereal infections. Yeah, the pull-out method. But what we really want to know is how to find, build, and maintain a relationship of real love. Oh... Sex is supposed to be a great gift, so it's easy to get tired of hearing about the diseases and unwed pregnancy rates. How about the 50% divorce rate in this country, homeboy? Or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's high. If you're ready for a different approach and you want the gift of sex to be as great as it's meant to be, then read on. But how do I find love? Everybody wants love. Is that true? Everyone longs to completely give him or herself to one another. We're made for it. <laughs> Ugh. And that need in us is so deep that many of us would rather take the risk of getting pregnant if it meant that we would have a shot at love. Personally, if I got pregnant, I'd be deeply worried. Some would rather risk getting an STD than live without love. Wait, what? We may be willing to take these risks because the world tells us that sex means love. I don't know if you've watched the same movies that I have, buddy, but that's not what it tells me. Then we see relationships in which sex destroys love. And we wonder what went wrong. The only solution capable of breaking through the hurt and confusion is the virtue known as chastity. Same name as the slut that you knew in high school. Chastity. They're always named chastity, I fear. What is chastity? The slut you went to high school. <clears throat> chastity is a virtue, like courage or honesty. Okay, that applies to a person's sex life or lack thereof, more appropriately, I say. It means that a person takes all of his or her sexual desires and orders them according to the demands of real love. Sounds like prudeship to me. For example, when you really love a person, you do whatever is necessary to keep from harming them. And you make sure whatever sacrifice is best for them. Or, and you make whatever sacrifice is best for them. Chastity means that you take this definition of love and apply it to fucking and by doing this, a couple is freed from selfish attitude of using each other as fuck toys, and they become capable of true love. This lifestyle brings freedom, respect, peace, and even romance without regret. <laughs> okay, how do you know when it's love? I used to think that real love is when you find somebody who will always infatuate you. Under this immature counterfeit of love, I loved how the other person would make me feel, and without realizing it, I loved the feeling of being in love more than I loved the other person. But love will always escape us. If we define love by what we gather, then what we give. Oh, at least this one's well written. I'll give them that. It's definitely not the uh, garbled mash of sentences like that last one was. The value of a relationship cannot be judged by the intensity of the feelings because they will always come and go. Being attracted to somebody and feeling in love is exciting, but emotions should never be confused with love. You see, a guy might have genuine feelings for some bitch, but this does not guarantee that he loves her. The real measure of love is to do what's best for the loved, beloved. Sure, this is demanding. That's why true love is so rare. And that's what makes it so beautiful and worthwhile. Ooh. 
The opposite of loving is using. Mm. Some of them want to use you. Some of them want to get used by you. Sometimes a guy will use a girl for physical gratification, or a girl may use a guy for social or emotional gratification. Or physical, let's not fucking forget that. Even if they say they don't mind being used, they're never satisfied. No. I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of high school girls. I bet you have, you fucking man whore. I've never met a girl who longed to have a series of physical relationships with random guys. Fuck, I have. When did you go to high school? But I've met countless discouraged young women who were trying to find love by doing just this. Oh, boo-hoo. Maybe these girls were confusing physical affection with love, or they were trying to find some affirmation of their worth that they never got from their daddies. Oh, okay. Either way, these girls aren't finding what they want, and they aren't happy. <laughs> oh, no. One gynecologist said... <laughs> oh, but unnamed gynecologist. I've asked hundreds of teenage girls whether or not they liked having sex. That's creepy. I would be extremely off-put if my daughter was like, so I had my first gynecologist meeting today, and he was, you know, checking my elasticity and asking me if I liked fucking. <laughs> yeah, I guess who's getting knocked, their door knocked on with a tire iron next time he's open. Fucking cunt. Uh, I can count on one hand those who said they did. <laughs> Hope you're not counting on one hand. Oof. You can count on four fingers, huh? Once they confront their smashed expectations, many teenagers feel that something is wrong, not with the sex itself, but with themselves. Well, there probably is something wrong with you, fucking sad sack fuckers. So they try harder to make sex work, to make sex provide those things that it should. Intimacy, love, trust, acceptance, appreciation of their masculinity or femininity, release from the loneliness, so on and so forth. I'm fucking doing the jerking off thing with my hand right now. You can't see it. But that's what I'm doing. Uh... I always thought that it was supposed to just get you off. Whatever. When it doesn't work, millions of teenagers assume something is wrong with them. Well, there probably is, judging by today's society. And they turn their anger and hurt inward, resulting in depression. Well, who isn't depressed? Find me a fucking teenager that doesn't suffer from depression, and then we can compare some fucking stats. We re repeatedly return to certain behaviors, such as sex, crystal meth, or drinking, to get something that continually eludes us. Uh, well, drinking, at least in crystal meth, are consistent. Likewise, I've met players, players in quotation marks, I believe he means like players, who said they longed to know how to love a woman instead of destroying them. Honesty would be a good starting point, I think. Just tell them where you're at, and then if they sleep with you, they sleep with you. If they don't, they don't. What's the fucking big deal? They didn't intend to harm girls, but no one ever showed them or expected them to treat a woman with reverence. It's amazing what happens if you're honest with people, though. Fucking jackass. <laughs> Dissatisfied with the lifestyle of getting some, they finally realized that to sexually conquer a woman was to miss the point of being a man. I don't know if it has anything to do with masculinity, but, you know, being, not being a dirtbag is being a pretty decent person, I think. If you tell them the truth, that you're not looking for a relationship before you sleep with them, you're not destroying them sexually, you're just coming to an agreement before somebody gets hurt. I don't see what the fucking problem is. Why is there no middle ground with these assholes? Oh yeah, because it's religious. Only with the fullest giving of themselves and authentic love will they ever find themselves. Or, you know, self-examination and honesty would be another good place to start. I stand by that method. That's uh, pretty foolproof. Now, if you're in a relationship and you're trying to figure out if he really loves you or if you really love her, apply the love test. Don't be afraid to do it because only when love is around or only when love is put to the test can its real value be seen. Wow, that's a bold statement. 
I'm just imagine that like testing something before you assess its value. Like I'm just going to see how hard this diamond is by throwing it off this building or by scraping against this diamond drill bit <laughs> to apply to love to apply the love test. If you're sexually active, take the sexual part of the relationship out and live the virtue of chastity, AKA the who wants to have an argument every other day, fucking method of your relationship. When you remove the lust, you can see if there was ever any love to begin with. If you are unwilling or afraid to apply the test, have the courage to ask yourself why. Because people like enjoying doing things they enjoy. What's the problem with sex if we really love each other? This book asks. And we're going to find out after this brief message from a fake-ass sponsor. Bored but bossy, desperate for power, and upset nobody will listen to you? Keen to patronize? Try a career in human resources. Your job is to fire people or make them feel bad for telling funny jokes. Take the joy and pleasure out of the workplace. Work is called work for a reason. It shouldn't be fun. You'll have more power than management. Make people fill out long questionnaires about their feelings so you can sell the data or blackmail them at a later point. Get paid to snoop on employee email. Train for three evenings and you'll be qualified to begin an exciting career as a human resources professional. Contact Ovine Human Resources Academy today. So what's the problem with sex if we really love each other? The book prompts us. How do we know if we're really if we really love the person, and that it's not just a temporary infatuation, one clue is whether the other person's well-being above our sexual desires, or as if we place the other's well-being, even if the desires are shared. In other words, we do what's best for the other, not exposing them to regret, STDs, or unwed pregnancy. I mean, if you're an adult and you're having sex, you should be able to circumvent all three of those pretty fucking easily, and if not, maybe you shouldn't be boning. That's what I'm saying, you know. If you can't circumvent regret, STDs, or pregnancy, then maybe you shouldn't be having sex. That's what I say. Suppose the one you love asked you for a drink of water. In the kitchen, there's a hundred cups of water. Ninety-nine of them are safe, and one of them's poison. Do you take the risk of bringing her one of those cups to drink, or do you let her remain thirsty until you can know with certainty that your choice will be safe? That is a terrible analogy. You might appear to be doing a loving act by granting her request, but it can endanger her life. In the same way, even if you were not convinced that premarital sex is harmful, true love would not even think to take the risk of harming your beloved. Only selfish infatuation is willing to do that. Or, you know, someone that plays the odds, you know, a real business-minded gambler. If you really love each other, then you'll do what's best for your relationship. However, the average teenage relationship only lasts about 21 days after sex is brought into the picture. Some last two years, others last a night, but the average is three weeks. Well, I don't know where you get your numbers, buddy, but just like the rest of this book, it's probably all made up. Why? Well, as one man put it, another unnamed person that's cited in this book, modern man practically never thinks about sex. What? Who? He dreams of it, craves it, pictures it, drools over it, but never pauses to actually think about it. <sighs> I disagree. Our typical modern man, when he gives his mind to it at all, thinks of sex as something we're lucky enough to have. Uh, maybe this guy, fucking Shrek, and he sees all his problems rolled into the one big problem of how to get the most pleasure out of it. Really? Is that what it is? But if we take the time to understand the meaning, it becomes clear that having it before marriage signals the end of so many relationships. Uh, 
yeah, maybe you're not compatible. People that aren't sexually compatible aren't going to be married and happy, you fucking moron. Just convince themselves that they are because they don't sleep around if they waited until marriage to get married to their high school sweetheart that they can't stand having sex with. They might enjoy something else, and they would never know because they've never experienced it. see what you're doing. It's brilliant, but not everyone's a dumb sheep, although some people are. I might think the statistics won't apply to me because I care so much about my girlfriend, but if I'm sexually intimate with a woman I'm not married to, then I'm lying to her with my dick. In sex, my dick is saying I give myself entirely to you, but there's nothing of me that I'm not giving you. But if I'm not married to her, it's a lie. It's saying I give you my body, but I won't give you myself. I think there's a line from an Adele song like that. You can take my name, or I can take your name, but you'll never have my heart from the skyfall. Whatever. Or I'm totally yours until I'm totally somebody else's. That's how shit goes, Holmes. In sex, the body makes a promise even if you won't. Once sex enters the picture, it often becomes the relationship's center. Yeah, it's fun. Forcing everything else aside. Both, both people become objects to be used instead of people to be loved. Maybe in your relationships, ogre. Even if they rarely admit to seeing each other that way. Or what if they readily admit to seeing each other that way? What then? Just bar- barbarism, huh? One college student, unnamed, later realized I thought sex was going to cause this huge bond and make us so much closer as a couple, but before long, I didn't want to spend time with her anymore. Oh, wait, no. But before long, he didn't want to spend time with me anymore. He just wanted to spend time with my vagina. Boo-hoo. Your body is a gift, and during the act of sex, the couple give themselves to each other. But to reduce this gift to a loan (laughs) gives you less respect than you deserve. Depends on the value of the loan. What if there's a compound interest rate? (laughs) Got a few of those I'm never going to pay off. Come on. But to reduce this gift to a loan gives you less respect than you deserve, and that's why the total gift of somebody's ass and heart belongs in a permanent and faithful relationship known as marriage. (sighs) Because sex isn't good until you get a piece of paper from your state certifying that it recognizes you as a married couple. And if you break up, she gets half your shit. Or he gets half your shit. Fucking retarded. We might feel like we're more, in quotation marks, in love than some married people, but emotions don't create a marriage, and they can't hold one together. You're goddamn right. Fucking legally legally binding pieces of paper are what create a marriage, and the threat of alimony checks and child support, fucking court, or lost custody, those all create a marriage. Also, you can't truly give yourself unless you realize what your worth is and the magnitude of the gift you're exchanging. (laughs) Back off, bitch. You don't know what this dick's worth. Magnanimous amounts. That's what it's worth. Step aside. Saving this for my true love. True love says you're everything to me and I give myself totally to you forever. This is the real commitment that springs from the heart of every person who's sincerely in love. Oh, It demands permanence, not just hooking up. It does not insist on its own way when it desires, when desires are strong, and it can sacrifice its desires in the moment for something more permanent. After all, if you can't say no, then what is your yes worth? Well, it's still worth a yes and a no means no either way, so fucking Jesus Christ. What if we're both okay with it? Find out after the break. Read the incredible self-help book that's rewriting the rules on addiction. It's the hot new addiction everyone's talking about. It's sex addiction. Finally, you can shove personal accountability straight up your ass. Leonard Etcher's remarkable 13 Steps to Heaven. Hi, 
I'm Leonard Etcher. Everyone's talking about it. Nobody knows what it is. Now, thanks to 13 Steps to Heaven, here's your chance to join me and become a fully blown sex addict. All the glamour of personal problems without health risks or loneliness. Guys, let's be honest. The difference for most men between being a sex addict or not is opportunity. My book will explain the myths and realities of sex addiction in an honest and easy to understand way. I'll teach you how to juggle multiple partners at once and blame your complete lack of morality and personal accountability on an addiction that doesn't exist. Pick up 13 Steps to Heaven today. Almost hard to believe I picked that commercial at random. So what if we're both okay with it? Ever hear a girl say the following statement? I'm seeing this guy that my friends and family hate. They say he's possessive, but that's the way he shows how much he cares. I started having sex with him to show how much I care. Why can't people see how great he is? Well, because usually those relationships devolve into you getting your fucking ass beat and then couch surfing for the next five years, potentially with a kid. While this girl thinks the problem is that people dislike her boyfriend, the real problem is she can't see why. Well, I'm telling you because you're a half step away from getting your ass beat. Once sex enters the picture, it's almost impossible to be objective about a relationship. Yeah, if you're an idiot, maybe. It's like, I feel like the same people are also making other retarded decisions. This is partly because of what sex does to your mind. During sexual arousal, the body releases a chemical called oxytocin. It works like human superglue because of how it affects the brain. Unless you fucked enough people, you don't get that anymore. So, ha. It impairs your critical thinking abilities and your memory, and it causes a great emotional bond between you and the person you're with. Yeah, maybe if you're a 12-year-old. This helps to explain why some people are in dead-end relationships, even though all their friends keep telling them to bail. That, or maybe he's paying them. Or she's paying him. Maybe it's, who knows? If you don't know somebody's relationship, not unless you live with them, then even still you only know part of it, so fuck you for even speculating. Since estrogen increases the oxytocin responses, <laughs> ah, females are more capable of intense bonding than men. Oh, well, fuck it, it'll do, because men don't have estrogen in their body at all. <sighs> Not unless they eat a bunch of soy, right? <laughs> and more susceptible to suffer from broken bonds, because women, as we know, are the weaker of the two sexes. Wow, that's aggressive. You gotta remember I went to an all-guys school, too, so this might be a bit biased. The more sexual partners a person has, the lower levels of oxytocin go, which damages the person's ability to bond. That's right. According to Dr. Diggs and Kerouac, wait, doc, Drs. Diggs and Kerouac? Wasn't Jack Kerouac the homeless guy that drove around in his van, the open road guy? I don't remember what the book was called, but he wrote a book about driving through America, sleeping in his van, something. I've never read it because I can't read, but I don't think the guy was a doctor, was he? It's probably not the same guy. Either way, people have people who have misused their sex faculty and become bonded to multiple people will diminish the power of oxytocin to maintain a permanent bond with an individual. Allegedly. I believe this is all pseudoscience, but depending on who you ask, it might be the facts. In more basic terms, sharing the gift of sex is like putting a piece of tape on another person's arm. I remember this this lecture. I do remember this because I don't remember this book really because I was making such great decisions in high school, but that whole year was pretty much just an empty space for me my memories, but I do remember the tape analogy. The first bond is strong and it will be painful if you remove it. But if you put the same tape on somebody else's arm, it'll be easier to remove. Each time the tape is removed, the bond is weakened because of the leftover shit on the tape. The same is true about your girlfriend's cunt, where previous sexual experiences interfere with their ability to bond. It doesn't say girlfriend's cunt, but it says the same is true in relationships. 
If you're meant to be with this person, then you'll have the rest of your life to share the gift of sex with them or her in marriage. But if you're not meant to be with that person, then why cling to this sexual relationship and harm your ability to bond with the one who will be meant for you? So, in theory, your future wife is going to be a jealous asshole. Might as well spare yourself the aggravation by not getting good at sex and then aggravate her for a different reason down the road. Sounds like a good idea to me, boy. That's what I'm going to do. How can it be wrong if no one gets hurt? Although it may be hard to see now, sex before marriage hurts you and the person you're with. Not only do you run the risk of getting diseases, premarital sex scars you emotionally. What the fuck did you get into? It keeps you from giving your future spouse the gift of a clean body. Oh, so you're dirty, huh? Heart and mind. If and when you do get married, the fact that you've had sexual experiences with other people or peoples will keep you from giving your future spouse the gift of a clean bill of sale, of a clean body, heart, and mind. The knowledge of your past may weigh upon the heart of your future spouse, not to mention the future spouse of that person you are dating. For fuck's sake. So, like, in theory, I'm responsible for my ex-girlfriend's current husband's jealous fucking tiny dick? I think not. I don't accept responsibility for that. You should have higher self-esteem. This is obviously not good for any marriage. Or you could just raise the children of this fucking radicalist religion to have self-respect regardless and not feel less than. One husband, non, uh, of course he's not named, admitted, I would do anything, anything to forget the sexual experiences I had before my wife. The pictures of the other women from my past go through my head and it's killing my intimacy. The truth is that I've been married to this wonderful woman eight years and I've never been alone in the bedroom with her. It sounds like you're some sort of a pervert, buddy. And uh, maybe you should just kill yourself. Also, sex outside of the marriage usually hurts our relationship with our parents. Uh, disagree. Because that lifestyle is often accompanied by lies. Gossip usually follows at school and otherwise lasting friendships are sometimes sacrificed for a date who doesn't last. Um, not at all guy schools, fucko. I remember receiving an email from a high school girl that said, through her sexual activity, I've lost friends. Yeah, I feel like women are pretty hard on women, though. Like, at my school, when I went, not so much. No one really fucking cared. At least, I didn't think. But most of all, I've lost myself. Oh, that's poetic. I'm so sorry. You feel so lost, child. I feel as if I'm unlovable. You probably are, you fucking busted-ass skank. But just, you know, lie about it in the, down the road like everyone else does. You'll find somebody. Uh, anyone around me would think I'm a happy, normal teenager, but everything is so good. I wouldn't be crying at night if that were the case. Eh, I don't know, man. If there's any teenagers listening, puberty fucking sucks. It sucked for everybody. It sucked for me. It sucked for her. It sucked for this guy. I guarantee it. Probably sucks for you, too. But it'll end right around the time that you're 25. You'll be done being pissed off and angry all the time. So a better question to ask is, who isn't hurt by premarital sex? And this may be difficult to see right now because... It's tough to see beyond the circle of your friends and the walls of your school, but it's not wise to make any life-changing decisions based on the opinions of classmates, most of whom you'll never see again after graduation. I disagree. I've seen three people I went to high school with since graduation, maybe four, five as of recently, but yeah, fuck your high school friends, except for the ones you don't want to fuck over, then you know, never mind. But what's wrong with sex if the relationship Beats all the odds and leads to marriage. We'll find out after this fake-ass, phony-ass ad from a company that doesn't fucking exist. Fuck it, it'll do. Dick-ass. Anus-tart. Cunt. 
What's the greatest decade in American history? The 1920s. We led the world in literature, aviation, music, and entertainment. Today, this country's a piece of dog shit. Let's bring back the glories of the jazz age by recreating the conditions that turned America into a superpower. The noble experiment is worth trying again. Vote yes on Proposition 14. Bring back Prohibition and usher America into a new golden age. It's funny is that when that was made, it was satirical. And now I feel like we're just about there. If you want to follow others into premarital fucking, you may end up following them into divorce court as well. Who said anything about marrying the bitch? In fact, couples who sleep together before they're married have a divorce rate three times higher than couples who waited until the wedding night. It's because the ones that waited don't know any better. The courtship stage is an irreplaceable time for building love's foundation before the privilege of marital intimacy. Sex before marriage skips this stage and lust ends up blurring reality. Do you think we'd have a Bonnie and Clyde if fucking they listen to this shit? No. Come on, natural born killers? No. I think there's a common theme with all these, but whatever. The feeling of closeness that comes from sex may cause a false sense of unity. In turn, this can cover up the absence of love, which was never developed. Boo-hoo. Maybe if my dad had hugged me more. Yeah. Uh, my dad hugged me plenty. I think I came out okay. Plenty of sexually active couples make bad marriage decisions because sexual intimacy forfeits their ability to look clearly at the relationship and at each other as potential spouses, y'all. Some couples are sincere in not wanting to use each other for pleasure. They want to use each other for pain, goddammit, and they want to move in together or have sex to express love and feel close to each other. However, couples who live together before marriage are twice as likely to get divorced. Wow, twice as likely, because of that and then three times as likely to cheat on each other, allegedly. Because nothing makes it easier to cheat on your woman than having a live-in girlfriend that you're not having sex with. Like, as if she couldn't smell the scent of another woman on you a block away. Come on. Consider what makes marriage last. Patience, self-control, humility, and sacrifice. Uh-huh. Now consider the qualities of an abstinent dating couple. Or, now consider the qualities an abstinent dating couple has to practice. Self-loathing, masochism, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, hiding yourself and your naked body from your partner. Humility, sacrifice, patience, whatever. When pleasure is valued more than these qualities, couples miss the chance to build the virtues that make love last. Like debt or children. After all, being united for life is better than feeling united for a few nights. Is it, though? The evidence couldn't be clearer. Okay, let's hear your evidence, magic book. Mutual sacrifice intensifies love, and refusing to sacrifice snuffs it out. Where's the evidence? That's just a statement. Evidence means I want facts. I want to hear from your made-up doctors again. Come on. Isn't other stuff okay, as long as we don't have sex? I think Bill Clinton had this argument at one point, uh, if memory serves. I may have been young when he was impeached, but if memory serves, I do remember something like this being in the news cycle for quite some time. I, I know a woman who I'll call Kate. I assume that's an assumed name. When Kate was in high school, her friends were sexually active, so she figured that as long as she kept her virginity, she was being good. Oh, no. That's how you get all those fucking Glendale virgins. The butthole virgins. The guy she was dating said that he respected her commitment to virginity, and he would say, I don't want to pressure you to do anything you're not ready for. Well, that's very nice of him, considering how most high school guys are. And this made her think that he was a gentleman and that he really loved her, so she surrendered the butthole. 
right? Saving it for marriage. That's what it looks like because religion is so good for people. This made her think that he was a gentleman, blah, blah, blah. However, he made her feel that she owed him other sexual favors since he was she was holding out on him. But it's like fucking hard, man. What am I supposed to do now? I got a boner. Yeah. Blue balls are not a medical condition, ladies. They'll get over it, I promise. If they exist at all, which I'm still not convinced they do. Maybe in this community they actually exist, but I feel like if you are uh, demonstrating other unhealthy personal maintenance habits, then you have blue balls when you don't get laid. And if she wanted to keep him, she'd have to give him a little something, something. <laughs> little by little, Kate gave him what he wanted, everything except her physical vag virginity. She tried to remind herself that her friends were doing far worse things. But in her heart, she knew that she was being used. What, you figure that out every day when you shit pancakes and fucking can't hold your dookie in anymore? Come on. Jesus Christ. Years after this relationship ended, Kate met the man she ended up marrying, and looking back, she regretted giving in to her ex-boyfriend the way that she did. I wonder if she was able to stop waddling around by this point. Even though she hadn't technically had sex with him, the bond was still there, and her butthole remembered. And it was difficult for her to give her heart to her husband the way she wanted to. It was still difficult for her to hold her shits on road trips because of the stretching. This is the bitter fruit that comes from comparing ourselves favorably with those in worse relationships. Uh, I don't know. Set a higher standard because you'll get what you'll settle for. Doing so will spare your heart many wounds. Treat your body as a priceless treasure to be guarded jealously. A treasure that can be given only with a wedding ring and a lifelong commitment of true love that comes with it. And don't forget your parents paying the dowry, as in the wedding. Ah, God. We always hear about experimenting with our sexuality, but you don't just experiment with something so priceless. Well, that's not what the pornography says. You experiment with mold in your refrigerator. No, you fucking don't. What's wrong with you, you sick bastard? You experiment with mold in your refrigerator? Like, I'm just going to grow this and see if it turns into a woman I can have sex with. No. You experiment with a dead frog? Man, this guy's twisted. I like them when they're cold. They don't fight back. Ugh. Wow. When we experiment with our hearts and the gift of our bodies, we begin to value them less and less. But isn't everybody doing it? Yes. Absolutely. Everybody is fucking everybody. No. Countless young people have realized the truth about what love and sex is worth. <sighs> They've had their fill of what talk shows, magazines, and movies are saying, and they won't be robbed of their chance to have the love they've always wanted. Yeah, like Fifty Shades of Grey, right? They have discovered that sacrificing phony gratification is the best way to find genuine love. <sighs> Being in love means never having to say that you're sorry, Holmes. Fuck off. In fact, teen sexuality activity rates have been dropping for over a decade. That's because internet porn is a thing, you fucking nitwit. And now the majority of high school students are virgins. The majority? Where did you go to high school? Beyond that, the majority of students who have had sex wish they had waited. Out of the 300 guys I went to school with, I think maybe 95% were not. And I'd say that's the ones I actually believed, which we didn't really have a bullshitting problem, I think, because there were no girls there to impress, so feel uh, like the guys were inherently a little bit more honest. Uh, and I had heard maybe two of them express wishes that they had waited. But I don't know. Then I was a Catholic high school, all guys Catholic school. But what do I know? 
But because of social pressure, even those who are virgins often pretend that they're not. Okay, maybe I got lied to. Maybe. This gives people the impression that everyone is doing it, even though the majority of people are not. The pressure also leads some to think of virginity as an embarrassment, uh, more so than a gift. But think about it. If your future spouse waited all of his or her life to give the gift to you alone, would you feel embarrassed or honored? I'd be a little concerned and kind of uh, probably irritated for the first, oh, I don't know, 10 years. Who would want to save sex for marriage? NBA All-Star A.C. Green recently got married at the age of 38 as a virgin. Wow, that's excessive. He said he waited because I have respect for myself and the women I've dated. I try not to focus on idle thoughts that can turn to temptations, but I wonder if the women that he dated had that same respect for themselves. I don't think so. I know there's something better for me if I wait. Now married, he adds, it's definitely worth waiting. Fucking probably married a former stripper that's just like, no, I've never done this before. Ooh. Now married, he adds, it's definitely worth waiting. Uh, it's definitely worth waiting. When you marry the right person at the right time, you have no regrets. And for me, I have nothing but smiles on my face. The first year with the Laker team, my rookie season, they took bets out, he recalls, people telling him. There's no way you will be talking abstinence and no way you'll remain a virgin. None of that's possible once you see what's going on inside the NBA. In the league, you will do everything because these girls are beautiful. Even today, he says, most of the guys have come back after years of time, now 16 years later, and they're saying, you know what, I sort of wish I'd rethought some of my decisions. I wouldn't be in this situation now. I think specifically he's talking about Magic Johnson, but, you know, you can't win them all. Speaking of NBA, on the news of, uh, or on the subject of modern politics and shit, they're allowing NBA players to put whatever political slogans they want on the back of their jerseys, and they're also allowing fans to order custom-made jerseys with their own political sayings, which is neither here nor there. I don't really feel any particular way about that. But I was wondering if, because there's all those rumors floating around right now that the NBA is owned by the Chinese. It seems outlandish. So I went on the website, and I was trying to order a jersey that said, Free Hong Kong, and it wouldn't let me. It instantly barred it, right? So um, this was taken from a Ben Shapiro bit that I heard somewhere. Anyway, and then I uh, typed in Fear the Jew, and it allowed it. I thought that was interesting. I heard it on a Ben Shapiro thing, and I wanted to test it, and he was absolutely right. But I thought Fear the Jew would be kind of funny, and they will allow it. So if you want a basketball jersey that says Fear the Jew, anti-Semitism is never funny, granted. But in the event that you wanted to see what you could sneak past the NBA, I imagine uh, those jerseys are going to be worth a lot of money in a few years with the weird shit on them, if there so happens to be weird shit. Anyway, let's talk about Christy, a high school senior. She said this about her potential spouse. His abstinence from sex is one way to prove his ability to be true to me. I would be so honored to find out the man I want to marry has respected me enough without even knowing me not to bone anybody else but me. Maybe, yes, but let's not forget that perhaps the man you want to marry just fucking got the heads up about you from a buddy and then lied to you about everything. Which I feel is entirely too common. <sighs> you guys should see the movie Jolene with Jessica Chastain. There's a great, well, it's not a great scene. It's a really fucking hard to watch scene in that movie about that concept, about just lying to somebody. Even though she didn't really lie, she just kind of didn't tell him. I don't know. I recommend that movie. It's pretty good. Especially since everyone's just sitting at home bored. What else are you going to do, fucker? Michael, a 23-year-old, said, I've had the opportunity to give away my virginity a few times. 
I got hose on every arm. But, but, I keep thinking about my future wife. Some people during high school joked about my decision and gave me a real hard time, calling me a gay and whatnot. But upon looking back, I'm so happy I took the path that I did. When I lift my wife's skirt on our wedding day, who will be laughing then? <laughs> Probably the guys that she's lying to you about having slept with. All of them will be laughing at you from afar, but still laughing. Chump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came three inches away from losing my virginity at the age of 14 on a dark football field with a guy I barely knew. Well, that sounds like an interesting story, said an unnamed college junior. I don't know how it happened. I had always been so strong. You were 14. How much? How long had people been trying to bone you on dark football fields? Jesus, you need to reconsider your life choices. Then somehow, there I was, about to give away my most real possession. How do you... Okay, her most real possession. I had the courage to stop, and since that day, I've worn a ring to hold the place where my wedding band will go, and to remind me of the gift I'm saving for my husband. I have something kind of like that on my finger, except mine says hate, and it is not... A racist thing. I just thought it was devilishly clever because when you get married, the ring goes over the ring finger, cover up the hate with the love thing, and everyone seems to think I'm a fucking racist, so the joke's on me. Don't get tattoos that say dumb shit on your wedding finger. I've also had people accuse me of having the name Haiti tattooed on my wedding finger, which is not the name of anyone I've ever met, but you'd be surprised what people come up with. Your purity is like a treasure. The more of it you save, the greater the gift, and the greater your joy will be to share it all on your wedding night. Some say that sex is meant for fun, but what's not fun is getting to your honeymoon and being unable to experience anything new with your spouse. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be new if you haven't boned your spouse, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe she gives up the butthole that night. Jesus Christ. While premarital sex robs the wedding night of its uniqueness, excitement, and anticipation, Saving the gift of sex for marriage intensifies your love, allegedly, or so we promise. One young woman said, unnamed of course, I thought I was ready for sex because I felt so in love with him. It was all based upon emotions, and I thought that sex would be the way to keep him around. But once the relationship ended, sex didn't seem like that big of a deal. I was living in the moment and didn't see or want to admit what I was doing to myself. Now, several years later, I'll be married soon, I think, and I wish more than anything that I had waited. Why? Why? Why do you wait that? Why do you wish that? Your virginity was never meant to be lost, as if it had been misplaced somewhere. Yeah, I forgot it at that party, I think. It's meant to be given as a gift to the one who deserves it, i.e. your spouse or your future ex-wife. Even if you've lost your virginity and think all this doesn't apply to you, read on because it's never too late. And then we're going to find out what happens if you're not a virgin anymore after this phony-ass, fake-ass ad. Dick anus. Anal cleansing dates back to the Egyptians. Coffee enemas have been all the rage for a few years now. But at Rectify Holistic, we say, why stop at coffee? We have detoxifying all-natural enemas for every occasion. Get that minty, fresh taste with a peppermint enema. Or be hydrated from behind with a coconut water enema. Acquire all the charm, hygiene, and je ne sais quoi of a Frenchman with a garlic enema. We've also got relaxing and inspiring flavors like Irish coffee, fruit juice, hamburger meat, or spice ground turkey. Become nature's softy serve machine with an ice cream enema. Or get ravaged by a burly Russian with the St. Petersburg surprise. Rectify Holistic. Come and get properly clean today. All right. So if you've already given away your virginity, do not despair, my child. Maybe you've lost your virginity or maybe it was taken from you. 
That's fucked, man. If you got raped, that's not shouldn't even be a factor. Either way, you still have yourself to give. Beginning today, pursue a life of purity, after all. Who doesn't want to start over? Uh, I don't. It's never too late to regain your purity, but the process is challenging. Sometimes it's easy to end a bad relationship, but it's tough to keep from jumping back in them. Speak for yourself, you fucking pussy. Sex outside of marriage wounds a person's heart, and many who feel like they've given everything away wonder if they ever have anything left to give. Instead of starting over, they may bury one mistake under another. That's me. Lifetime of regret. And I'm fucking stoked. So the other wounds won't look so bad. They run from one physical relationship to another, thinking that pleasure will fill the need of love. But this makes the healing process next to impossible. After I've lost my virginity, Crystal confessed, I didn't really respect myself anymore. And one empty relationship led to another empty relationship. Ever since I was a little bitch, I always wanted this perfect love. But after... All I had done, I thought that I was the last person on earth to deserve it. Eventually, I realized that finding a good guy wasn't a matter of luck. I started over, raised my standards, started lying to everyone I was dating, and made a commitment to quote, 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 chastity. Now, three years later, and recently engaged, I haven't regretted a day since. You're going to regret the day your fucking fiancé finds out about the truth. You always slip up. You're never that clever. You always get caught. At least most of you, eventually, will get caught. Lying. Sex is shit. I remember meeting one high school girl who had slept with 15 guys in the previous three months. That might be a little aggressive. Her school had all sorts of name for her and labeled her as a Jezebel. When I asked her why she was sleeping around, she said, well, it's fun going to parties and sleeping around. Fucking the prophet speaks. And as it is such, so also as such is it unto you. Well, it's fun going to parties hooking up, amen, I tell you. Again, I asked her, why? Asking if it was really fun. She stopped for a moment with tears in her eyes and said, no, it's not fun. It's fucking great. My parents are going through a divorce right now, and there's so much hurt and hate in my family, blah, blah, blah. I want attention from my parents, but uh, even for just a minute, when those guys hold me at a party, it feels like love, and you are fucking stupid. Does it feel like you're in the wizarding world of Harry Potter when you go to fucking Universal as well? Because if so, you're a dipshit. Even though I know it's not. At least I feel like somebody wants me. This is not a slut. Yeah, it is. That's the definition of a slut. This is a woman with a heart identical to yours and mine, just longing to be loved and married. As if she would fucking not cheat on her husband at this stage in her life? Come on. How do you get out of this vicious cycle? I'll tell you, hard drugs. Because you'll forget about fucking... Well, what advice would you give your future spouse right now if he or she were in a sexual relationship with somebody you'll never meet? Here, try this. No, no, you won't get addicted to it, I promise. It's just, uh, try it this once. It'll make all your bad feelings good feelings. And it'll make the night go by so much quicker. And then tomorrow, you won't remember it. It's called crystal meth. Follow that same advice, and you'll make it. I don't, of course, condone the use of crystal meth for any reason. So... Please take me with a grain or a shot of penicillin. I forget the salt expression, but just take me with penicillin because I am slightly jaded and bitter. In your heart, choose to forgive those who have hurt you, my child, and forgive yourself. In future relationships, do things differently by practicing purity. And yeah, practice purity in your future relationships and constantly hold the fact that you've seen a dick up close or a vagina up close other than the person you're dating over their head until you get married. La la la, you will never get this. But Christine got this for half the price. Hee <laughs> hee. But never again, I tell you. 
In future relationships, do things differently, and you'll find living purity will heal the past. Yes, if I don't talk about it, it didn't happen. See, no evil. In the meantime, don't think that you always need to be in a relationship. What's the point of being in a fucking relationship if you're not screwing anyway? Independence, purity, and maturity are attractive qualities. To some. Other people like immaturity, horliness, and, uh, you know, codependency. Practice chastity, and you'll be and you'll be able to regain your purity and self-respect that you may have lost. So you'll be able to give the gift of yourself in marriage. No, you won't, because you've already done it. It may help if you give yourself a tangible reminder of your commitment to love. For example, buy a white candle. Why is it got to be a white candle? Put it on your dresser as a sign of your new lifestyle and commitment. If you choose to get married one day, you could let your spouse light it on your wedding night. Hey, baby, want to light my candle? Or buy yourself a special ring and never take it off to remind yourself. To remind yourself that one day you might marry. What if you're like fucking Shrek and you're just not going not gonna to find somebody? Although Shrek did find somebody, so that's a shit example. But what if you're like that fucking Prince Andrew guy? He'll never find anybody at this point. <laughs> uh, whatever. While the loss of virginity has to do with the past, chastity has to do with today. Regardless of what happened last week or last year, you are still worth waiting for. Unless, of course, you're not. And you can tell if you're not. If you're one of those people that constantly cannot find anybody to give them a ride to the airport, you're probably not worth waiting for. So if we aren't going to have sex, then how far can we go? That's the next question. Uh, and as I said before, I believe that same question was posed by former President Bill Clinton in the 90s. At least that's what I remember. And we will get back to that after this brief message from fake-ass sponsors. Dirt is everywhere. Filthy germs are everywhere. Death is everywhere. It's time to sanitize everything, including yourself. Make your life safe again with Poncha's Advanced Hand Sanitizer. During the day, you are exposed to literally millions of life-threatening germs and viruses. Use Poncha's Advanced Hand Sanitizer several times an hour and protect yourself and your loved ones. It's not neurosis, it's good hygiene. Poncha's is so hard on germs, it burns off the top layer of your skin, leaving you clean and fresh. And it's so strong, it will one day create a drug-resistant super bacteria that will wipe out half of mankind. Pontius, it's time to sanitize everything. Sanitize everything and wear a fucking mask, so they say. And make sure to fight people in the grocery stores over the right to purchase sanitizer, or not. If you're driving on the freeway with your date, would you try to see how close you could come to hitting oncoming traffic? Maybe. Depends on the bitch. Odds are that you'd be more interested in how you could protect him or her from being harmed. Maybe. By this time, or by the time you find out how far is too far to drift into oncoming traffic, it would be too late. In the same way, the question should not be asked how far is too far, because we're answering the question, if we're not going to have sex, then what can we do? Blah, blah, blah. Or how far can we go before we do something together that neither of us would want to tell our future spouse? Well, um, it would be anything, I think, together that you don't want to tell your future spouse. Instead, think in terms of how far... You can go to respect your date. Chastity isn't a list of rules. It's a change of heart from getting some to giving all. 
It's also a pretty good way to not have a second date, I think. As one guy said, the greater the feeling of responsibility you have for your beloved, the more true love there is. A real man guards a woman's innocence instead of seeking ways to empty her of it. Instead of seeking gratification, a person who loves is able to deny himself. This sacrifice becomes an expression of love, and as a result, you'll find the joy and peace that is lacking in short-term physical relationships. For you. What was once seen as just waiting becomes a term or a time of formation that teaches you how to love. With chastity, even if you aren't dating someone, you can prepare for your future spouse right now by training yourself in faithfulness and sexual frustration before you meet. So specifically, what should you avoid? In case you're wondering, if you're going to get married one day, perhaps someone right now is dating the man or woman you will eventually marry. Specifically, what should they avoid? Practice the purity you would hope your future spouse would have and treat your dates with respect that you hope your future spouse would be given, even though realistically you know she's probably not. Beyond that, consider how you'll expect a guy to treat your daughter one day. <laughs> no guy's treating my daughter to anything, homeboy. I'm not touching her. Mm, gotta date me first. Gotta romance this old man. Ha! I'm not an easy sale. I'm not gonna spread him for a fucking dinner, that's for sure. By listening to your conscience in this way, you'll know where to draw the line. When we ignore that voice in our heart that tells us right from wrong, and we give in for the sake of excitement, we end up feeling empty, unsatisfied afterwards. Well, if you remember it, you could always just binge drink. Sexual passion is supposed to be a good thing. Well, that's the first, that surprises me that he said this because this entire book has been not, could be titled get, Not Giving In to Sexual Passion. However, igniting sexual passion outside of marriage is like taking fire out of the fireplace and putting it in the living room. But correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the fireplace in the living room? Or are you talking about like setting your couch on fire? Because that's hot, quite literally, hot. <laughs> Even a good thing can become destructive if it's used the wrong way. That is a stupid fucking example. So, like, if I took the gasoline out of my car when I was thirsty and drank it, are you telling me that's something bad? No. Fucking asshole. While passion and excitement act as glue between a husband and wife, they lose their power to bind if squandered before marriage. Well, what about money and empty promises? Because I've seen a lot of marriages based on that, and those don't seem to work very well either. And they were religious people. So, riddle me that, riddler. Once the flame of sexual desire is ignited, it's like a fire that doesn't stop burning until everything in its path is consumed. Or you're bored. Then it'll stop burning. That also stops the flames of sexual passion. You fucking nerd. Previous intimacies may become old, and the boundaries are often pushed back to find more excitement and closeness. The couple may even depend on pleasure in order to feel close. And before long, all that may be left is sex. Well, lucky you. It's better than fucking talking about nothing. In the long run, their impatient desire for oneness actually robs them of their opportunity to grow in love and experience true joy. Because there's no true joy like denying yourself sexual experiences. When a couple is pure, they still desire to be one. Oh, we just read that. God. Some people say that saving sexual arousal for marriage is too extreme, too old-fashioned, and a bit unrealistic. And I would be inclined to agree. And that, you need to hook up with at least a few people so that you'll have more sexual experience for your husband and know what you like. Or wife. That way, they say, you'll be a greater gift for your spouse on your wedding night. But that's like thinking if I chew a piece of gum before I give it to you, that is disgusting. You'd be more impressed by the gift because it was experienced. That is a disgusting example. That'd be like making you eat my shit after I ate a steak because it was steak at one point. Fuck you, you fucking analogy Nazi. Odds are you'd prefer a fresh piece of gum. It's just like you'd prefer a fresh piece of 18-year-old. What the fuck, man? 
It's the same way with purity. Wouldn't you rather have a spouse who... Would you rather have a spouse who made out with 15 other people or a spouse who saved his or her first kiss for you? It depends. Because I feel like uh, self-esteem might be a little low on the second one. If you would treasure that gift of purity so much, why not begin to save yourself as a gift as well? Well, I'll tell you why. Because nobody wants to unwrap a box of dick on Christmas. That's not a gift. Dick is free. Some comedian said that. I don't remember which one, but I did not say that initially. And on that note, this is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you very much for tuning back into the Anthology of Horror. I am Springheeled Jack. And if you want to get a hold of me to tell me how much you hate me or how offensive this show is, you can do so by going to Instagram.com slash DukeLandis17. That is Instagram.com slash D-U-K-E-L-A-N-D-I-S-1-7. DukeLandis17. On Instagram.com. And before I sign off officially, let's go through some stats real quick. Top 10 countries, United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, India, Norway, and Indonesia. Thank you all very much for making this show the mild to moderate success that it's been because it's because of you guys I continue to do this. So please keep telling your friends like they're doing in Texas. Uh, Let's talk about top 10 cities. Dallas, Texas, thank you. You guys have been consistently on the top 10 list for almost a year now, and it's appreciated. As well as Houston, Texas, which is just one person behind Dallas. And closely followed by another one that's been on the top 10, and that's Chicago, Illinois. Max, thank you. No, 90% of that was you. Uh, Los Angeles, California, thank you very much. It's always a surprise to see the shortest attention span city in America on this list. Orlando, Florida, thank you. Columbus, Ohio. Englewood, Colorado, welcome. Never seen that city before, but thank you for tuning in. Garner, North Carolina. Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, welcome to the top 10. And San Antonio, Texas bringing up the rear, but thank you again to Texas and everyone else. So until next time, you crazy motherfuckers stay spooky and hopefully I'll have a sequel to this episode. If it's well received pretty soon, provided my hard drive doesn't crash again and provided I don't have to rewrite the coding to get back onto my computer. Thank you. And, uh, also I think I'm going to, if you guys feel it in your heart to donate to the get a new computer fund for old spring heeled jerk over here, You can find my Patreon link at anthologyofhorror.com, and you'll find it in the top right corner, I believe. It should be a, you know, a sad crying quarter or an orphan with its hands out. You click on that, you can, if you have nothing else to do with your money, donate there, and it would be much appreciated because this show is sponsor-free, which means that I can say whatever I want, sure, but I cannot necessarily pay the bills with the zero dollars that I take in. And anyway, thank you for your time, and as always, until next time, stay spooky, motherfucker.